mother says he was a normal happy boy until he became obsessed with black metal music. Rock and roll! Sounds like Christian Rick. Heavy metal music. Groups promote satanic worship. They're anti-peace and anti-life. Hi everybody, welcome back to the Metal Face Podcast. Now this is not your usual Metal Face. Wait, what? It's not? This is a special episode. A, a special, oh. a special sode. A spessode. Spes- <laughs> we haven't got a name yet. Asbestos. <laughs> Asbestosis. No. <laughs> so this week, we're only going to be talking about one album. Oh yeah? Yeah, so we have been privileged to receive early, ahead of general release, Boss Keloid's newest album, Family the Smiling Fresh. Yeah, <gasps> Family the Smiling Fresh. Mm-hmm. Wow. Family of the Smiling Fresh. Family the Smiling Fresh. That's what they've gone for. I don't understand it, but that's mm-hmm. okay. I don't understand much. <laughs> <laughs> so a big thanks to Hold Tight, Ripple Records, and of course, Boss Keloid for sharing this with us early. Absolutely. They yeah. actually, um, they shared it with us about a month ago, but thanks to our <laughs> uh, serious technological incompetence, we didn't notice until a couple of days ago. Thanks to not knowing the email password. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no. luckily enough, we did eventually get around eventually. to finding out about it. <laughs> and so we spent the last couple of weeks listening to uh, Family of the Smiling Thrush. Mm. And, um, you know, a little bit of a spoiler, but I think it's quite good. Oh. That's, that's my whole review. <laughs> <laughs> right, thanks, guys. Um, normal episode again in a couple of days. <laughs> so, Boss Kulad, we've talked about them before, right? We talked about them... Uh, in episode five. Yeah, that's right. Our famous um, season one trivium episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the notorious trivium rant. And I, yeah. throughout that episode, gushed at how much I love Buskeloid. So you can guess how this is going to go for me. But no, that was a, that was a really great album. Melted on the inch. It's uh, quite an unusual piece of work, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Kind of a total mix of different styles. It goes from like jazzy to yeah. crushingly heavy. You know, the uh, singer's voice is absolutely just phenomenal. Really, you know, the whole thing's amazing. It. Josh, I think you had a good way of describing it. Yeah, this is more than the reason. It sounds like a whole choir compressed into a single person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's serious like bellowing power. I don't know if it's um, I don't know if this is a thing that Bosque would have like the the rights to positivity in metal but yeah. why does no one else write positive metal the way Boss Kilo does I know yeah and it feels it feels warm doesn't it mm. it feels bright but it doesn't detract from the heaviness yeah so I mean I sort of first discovered Boss Keloid uh, when I was at uni and I think I showed you Lung Mountain yes, you did, yeah. which you know at the time was probably really the, the main song I liked by them and then I think um, uh, you Ben went away and invested Me? some <laughs> yes <laughs> Oh, sorry, invested I zoned some out. serious time into <laughs> listening to Melted on the Inch, right? Yeah, well, I think Melted on the Inch came out um, in 2018, so I can't, I'll be honest, timelines, not my strong point. <laughs> I think when You Show Me Lung Mountain, that was their most recent album, and then mm. Melted on the Inch came out, and I think they became oh, a little right. bit, not not lighter, but they lent a bit more into like the prog rock sort of influences. and yeah. they, they kind of relaxed the uh, intensity of it. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah, and I think that, I've said before, Bosco presses all of my buttons, that album totally did. Yeah. And that maybe if you were going to create music for a Ben, that would be that would be it. It's, it's perfect. I love that album. Well, I think we said last time it's like they had a picture of you on the wall and we were just like, right, this is what we want to hit. I'm not convinced they didn't. <laughs> There's no evidence they didn't. So yeah, that's true. So they basically did. That's what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah, try and disprove <laughs> us. We think it's likely that they did. <laughs> So that's that's you, Tom, and that's that's me, Josh. Was Mode on the Inch for the podcast? Was that your first exposure to Boss Keloid? More or less. I'd, I'd heard Time of Long Mountain before. Wasn't mm. I, like super into them? Yeah. Mode on the Inch was really strong. I really enjoyed that. It was really interesting, unique, fresh kind of take on the proggy, stonery stuff. Mm. Yeah, Certainly for sure. Here. This was kind of my second time listen- listening to them properly, and I really enjoyed this as well. So we all liked Mode on the Inch when we covered it on the podcast. Mm. It's an album that I've listened to, I can't even tell you how many times. It's definitely been in my top tracks for... 2020 2019 probably as well 
yeah, going to yeah. be top 10 this year as well. But has has the album stuck with either of you since we covered it on the podcast? It has to be something I've gone massively back to, but that's mostly because it's not the kind of music I listen to on a general basis. You know, I'm much mm-hmm. more into my kind of like danceable, breakdown-y, metalcore kind of stuff. <laughs> so that's not at all a yeah. reflection of the album whatsoever. And most of their songs are pushing a sort of about sort of seven to eight minutes. Oh, so yeah. it's, it's a bit of an undertaking to get into them. But Chronosium is definitely a song that I've gone back to and listened to over and over again. Oh, like the way it stacks the sound and leads up to that soaring rumble super emotional chorus oh yeah that is a really strong i mean it's like it's not really in my genre either but it's um it's it's pretty hard to fault that song you know Mm, no completely agree again it's something that really is in my wheelhouse but that's the track that i would pick if someone said what do you like i'd be like chronotium go there because i think even not as a fan of a genre you would like that so. You'd get it, wouldn't you? You'd oh, yeah. understand that. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about the band and our previous experience, but should we talk about this new album, Boss Keloids, newest album, Family of a Smiling Thrush? Like I said, we've talked about Boss Keloid before on episode 5, where we covered their 2018 album, Melted on the Inch. They're a four-piece UK-based band from Wigan, and they've been acted from 2010 until present. They've constantly pushed the boundaries of their own sound and the genres they take from, and as a result, they are pretty difficult to label. Yeah. I've complained before about the label of progressive metal, Yeah. but they, they earn it, and they wear mm. it well. I would also add the qualifier that they lose none of the edge of metal in their sound. Yeah. So they're back with their fifth full-length studio release, available June 4th, 2021 titled Family of a Smiling Thrush. Very nice. What did you think of it, Tom? Give me a give me an overview. So my expectation was that because um, Melody on the Inch kind of moved away from some of the heavier bits in a way, like there was a yeah. lot in there that was quite sort of light, noodly, jazzy. Yeah, prog rock sort of sections. Yeah, and how they used like uh, those clickety-clackety drums. What are they called, Josh? Claves. Yeah, there you go, claves. <laughs> they aren't drums, they're the, sticks. Like, on the like scrapey incident, instruments and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what are they like? The, the rain sticks? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if that was in there, but I feel like it was. I feel like it could have been. And I was expecting it to go much more in, in that sort of direction. And I thought like, ah, it might be a sort of a nice, bright, sort of happy feeling album, but it's probably not really going to be as heavy as some of their previous stuff. And, uh, and then I kind of thought, all right, I probably won't like it quite as much. But actually, I feel like they they really doubled down on the heaviness in this album. And it's not just like a rehashing of Melch on the Inch. It's not like doing their earlier stuff either. It's yeah. like, feels like a combination of the two. It felt bright and uplifting and like a floral is a word that comes to mind seems mm. to create visions of flowers yeah. in your brain you know it kind of sounds like how i expect the baroness artwork to sound if it's yeah music, <laughs> yeah right? okay yeah it's i can how see baroness that. is supposed to sound <laughs> <laughs> i love baroness i'm sorry it feels like it has something to do with nature in a mm. way and i was really pleased that they were able to bring all that heaviness back without losing that kind of like positive psychedelic like mindfulness sort of vibe yeah and i think you'd say like floral and that's such a a good description of it because i feel like this album is more like autumnal and kind of later in the year whereas mm. mode on the inch was more like a summer spring kind of album and I, again i don't yeah, know if it's just the artwork and the titles of the tracks and stuff but it just kind of puts me in that in that zone it does have kind of you know a, a harvest festival vibe doesn't it it's like mm. yeah. kind of the music you make <laughs> yeah you have an excess of mead and vegetables and you can just like <laughs> yeah, noodle away sure. it did like definitely because i mean i've listened to it a few times now and like three of the times that i've listened to it it's been when i've gone out on my bike and at the moment like you know you cycle around sort of hackney marshes and stuff like that and like the sort of woodland near me or, or the cycle around bristol and stuff yeah all the flowers are coming out and like all the plants and, and so it's beautiful like real kind of green areas and stuff 
And like listening to this, cycling around those places, it felt like a perfect mix. Yeah, it felt like it was in the music massively. The positivity of the the lyrics and the, the sound yeah. of the music and everything. You just, I feel like if you're having a bad day, it's not gonna grate on you, and you're not gonna be like, oh, I don't need this right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna having a bad day. It's gonna make you have a better day. And if you're having a good yeah. day, then you're gonna be having a great day. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. What about you, Josh? What was your overall? I really liked it. It was weird for me because I kind of went in expecting it to be like a stoner rock album or a prog prog metal album. Mm. But it was very much like a, a prog rock album, like a classic prog rock that oh, would occasionally veer sharply into heavy metal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was those moments I liked the most when it kind yeah. of crossed genres like that and did some mm. really weird, mathy, nasty sounding riff or something, mm. which really didn't expect. And I think was genuinely progressive, which a lot of prog metal and prog rock doesn't mm. do nowadays. Without yeah, trying to sound thing, like, like, too, um... too much like an old man. No, that's I, I, I totally agree with you. I feel like I'm so annoyed that like prog rock or prog metal has become like a label that means such specific things because mm. that kind of defeats the purpose of prog. I know yeah. what you mean. But these guys are pushing those boundaries. So Ben, this must have been a great experience for you getting to listen to the new album by one of your favorite bands ahead of time. Oh my god! Rather than having to wait all the way until June, <laughs> like three days until <laughs> we realized that we got the email. Um, yeah, obviously. I mean, I coming into this, I've been watching their singles get released. Um, yeah, they've released two singles from the album so far, and I've liked both of those. I was really excited for the album to actually get here, and then I think you're Tom. You're the one who uh, noticed that we had received this email and yeah. <laughs> and then brought it to our attention and I, I thought I thought you were wrong. I was like, no. Nah, oh really? No. Oh, we haven't been <laughs> mistake Boss Keloid early. I did actually I had to read through a couple of times just to check like is it is this just a promo for their like just most recent two songs that have already come out? <laughs> and they just yeah. <laughs> but then like yeah I mean I, I've tried to uh remain objective as a, a serious music journalist. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I mean, I can't, I can't help it. It, it, it just, it, it's all my buttons. They've been pressed mm, again. Damn. Oh, it's so yeah, good. Well, I mean, sometimes the buttons are pressed for a reason, you know, it's, it's working the right <laughs> way. Go with it. And how did you think of the, um, the, the like evolution from, um, melted on the inch to into this one yeah i was listening to it wondering like oh ben's gonna be like ah oh, this is too heavy for my my little like my, my dainty <laughs> my little, little ears yeah my little prog ears <laughs> no i was actually really really happy with it because i think um they've developed their sound and found a sort of new tone and they've yeah. stuck with it and experimented within it and it's mm. still so definitely boss keloid it's got all of their sort of signature little um, twists on the sound and the you know every track is like a journey from start to finish yep, with the, the lighter sure. parts and the heavier parts. It's so Boss Keloid, but it's so not more of Melted on the Inch, which mm. to be honest, I would have been happy with that because more than anything coming up with a new album, I was just happy to have more Boss Keloid. I just wanted yep. more tracks to put into my playlist because mm. like if I had a vinyl of Melted on the Inch, it would be like worn down at this point. <laughs> so yeah. I just wanted some more tracks, but... They've not just made more, they've progressed. Made a better. <laughs> yeah, they've diversified what they're doing, mm. but they've also doubled down on it, mm. which I think is, I mean, that's, in my opinion, that's the way you want to evolve as a band in general, you know? I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I, you know, I had anything wrong with it, because honestly, I loved it. It's, I loved uh, that's it. That's awesome. Well, I think, uh, you know, on, on, that, uh, on that note, should we get into some individual tracks? Yeah, let's, let's do that. <laughs> So the album kicks off with Oran Orang of Noin. Orang of Noin? I don't know. Neon. I was, I, was, I was looking at it trying to be like, is that like Orang Utang in some I, way I don't understand? What it was. Yeah. Yeah. It has that orange vibe about the album, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am quite like influenced by, you know, song names and oh, yeah. like album artwork in terms of how I sort of visualize music. I know yeah. that 
a lot of people don't do that, but I can't really help visualizing sounds when I hear them. Yeah. So it's, uh, it definitely pretty evokes that quite strongly. You know? Yeah. So so that's an interesting thing you should say because for me the the album really reminded me the artwork and I love the artwork by the way. I just want to say it's yeah, it's this. really nice, isn't it? It re- the, the the little cube in the center with the eye. Yeah. It really is reminded me of. I I don't know what it is, but. <laughs> I once saw a um, generative adversarial network, which is a type of machine learning thing where it, it creates images. I saw okay. one of those that had been trained on oh, loads yeah. of pictures of cats. Oh, no. That had gone horribly wrong and just yeah. created like a floating blob of cat with an eye. So yeah. That's what it reminded me of. and horror. <laughs> cat Beautiful. Eye. But mm. in the best possible way, the album arc was so cool. It was really psychedelic, really intense. I think it was a microscopy of insects around the sides with the mm. eyes. That was really yeah. cool. Yeah, it is very cool, isn't it? I kind of, I wish that, like, it is my frustration with metal sometimes in terms of, like, a lot of metal yeah. stuff looks quite similar. And I don't think there's any reason for that. You know, I don't think it will be like that in the future. Um, I like all the creepy, ghouly stuff, but, like, it doesn't need to be every album. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, you're, you're totally right. I think it's um, it's good to have, like, a, a recognisable, like, colour and vibe and dress and things like that. So as you know sort of what you're getting into, it helps you sort of yeah, group these yeah. things together. Yeah, definitely. But Bosculet aren't really doing that, are they? They're definitely, like, <laughs> out there <laughs> doing yeah, their own Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it speaks to, though, like, the, the, the progressiveness of their sound is mirrored by the progressiveness of the artwork. And I think Orang of Neon, Orang of Noin, whatever the first track is pronounced, uh, that really sums tank. it up. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. It's like the huge riffs, the huge vocals, then also just kind of like, you know, the big sad riffs like from Paul Bearer, and then it suddenly verges back into like 80s Yes style of prog. It's really cool. Mm. Yeah. This track, kicking off the album, really felt like a transition between Metal on the Inch into this album to me. Oh, um, like It started out quite chill, I think, and then sort of got heavier, and they introduced more of the like the harsh guitar tone that this album's really got throughout and i yeah. just thought it was a really nice sort of like oh yeah you, you remember this well <laughs> this is where we're going it's also the longest song on the album as well and i quite like that putting that first because mm. it gets you into that headspace of like all right we're talking like long songs slow kind of movements to it and i think like kind of i, I struggle with like longer songs sometimes but i think like in this case having a song that was like nine minutes enabled me to like slow down it's quite brave as well i think it's quite weird yeah in a lot of ways definitely Mm. and i think um some bands that have nine minute songs you're like okay you're gonna do the chorus like eight times and it's gonna be the same (laughs) 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 i wasn't gonna name them again let's throw in three back-to-back choruses at the end of songs because people haven't heard it enough just can't tell how fucking genius we are (laughs) and this is the thing the chorus go again But this is the thing with Boskilo's tracks is that there's so many different movements in each and this is the good thing with bands who make long songs and make them well is that there's so many different bits to each track, you know? Like, so ready do they just circle back round to the same bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it, like, it weirdly mirrors, like, grindcore in my mind somehow. Yeah, I agree. I totally yeah. agree. Because I think that that's one of the points that you and I have kind of butted heads over is that, like, when I see a yeah. seven-minute long track, I just think, oh my god, there's going to be so many different interesting parts in this one track. Yeah. Whereas you see that and go like, oh, uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> seven minutes of the same thing but yeah and i did like this song orang of nine feels very sort of um, distinct to the point where it gets to that like heavy bit at the end you know oh yeah 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 i was really sort of like, I was, like surprised and like very relieved that it was kind of in there because i was just like yeah i think i'm gonna enjoy this album <laughs> it's a bit like a bit saying like oh yeah don't worry this is still a heavy metal album isn't it yeah yeah for sure. yeah and i think there's i think that is something that they kind of have to be aware of a little bit is that they are mixing some really light sections with some really heavy stuff and it's obviously going to be a niche audience i think but like because who do you 
I didn't know how to phrase this. Is this going to be too light for metalheads and too heavy, heavy for, for prog rock heads? <laughs> I don't yeah. think so, though. I think I think it's, it really strikes the balance well. It goes between mm. the two in a really weird way, in a really cool way, a unique way. Yeah, so the second track, I think, is really interesting as well, because it sounds to me much more kind of like warm and friendly and uplifting in the first half, at least. Second half, not mm. so much. And it's kind of like a nice, interesting change. And it's a bit shorter, too. It's, um, I think, you know, a, a, a brief six minutes or something, isn't it? Or... <laughs> and I, I think it's it, it, this kind of, for me, feels much more like the rest of the album where it's kind of got this you know the the, the changes between tones changes between styles yeah but it kind of keeps it going through the whole the whole the whole thing yeah so this is gentle clovis which is one of the singles they released for the album um, oh yeah so i i had already heard this track and it is um you're, you're totally right this is where when i heard this i was sort of like okay they are still doing exactly the thing that I love. <laughs> so I was I was looking forward to this track alongside the rest of the album. And I think the little noodly sections they have in there are just so so warm and welcoming. They just want to be Yeah, but it really sort of like flies over the top of like the crushing sort of heaviness. And it's mm. it's a lot faster actually this album than I was expecting. Like this is yeah. quite a quick song. It's not I wouldn't really describe it as mid pace. I think it goes at quite a quite a speed. It really. definitely picks up, doesn't it? Like Yeah, yeah. I think that's something strong with that whole whole album. They are now to play with the pace a lot. It goes from slow mm. and kind of relaxed to be being like quite like intense very quickly and almost like unnoticeably like well like it, it yeah. just happens and you're like oh how, how did i end up here <laughs> you're like man these guys are like musicians or something yeah it's almost like we know what they're <laughs> doing um <laughs> no this track is top tier boss keloid as far as i'm concerned I, uh, yeah yeah and i think I they, they strike a really nice balance between like the guitars feel sort of classic like sabbathy sort of yeah but they also feel like feel modern and digital and well recorded like so positive at the same time so what did you guys think of uh hats the mandrill third song on the album this i thought felt almost anthemic compared to the others i can imagine mm. singing along at a track uh, at a gig definitely it, it does a, it really like kept my interest up going through to like song number three you know what i mean i was yeah. like oh yeah okay we're still like we're still cool we're, yeah we're still going for it yeah <laughs> and they like the sections where it kind of drops out and like lightens up slightly feels like more deserved rather than just like you know some bands just do that to make the heavier parts sound heavier and yeah it's, it's kind of genuinely there it's not just like a random bit yeah yeah it feels um it feels quite considered and i think a lot of the album does feel considered because i know that a lot of their music or their vibe is about sort of mindfulness and that yeah. sort of sense of like mental clarity and it does feel as though like this album sums it up in a way like it, it feels deliberate like feels very intentional all the way through mm, absolutely it, 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 it's very much like planned isn't it i gotta say this is probably the track that stuck the least in my mind oh, really? i know what you mean um, it, it wasn't quite yeah. as memorable yeah i think it was, it was it's a really good track still um like i mean i don't need to keep saying that i liked the whole album but um this is the one where i feel like it was missing that little signature part where i'd be like oh i want to go back to that track the last sort of minute or so of the track i think it gets really heavy and I, that bit stuck in my mind a bit more so it might be one that grows on me i'm not sure at the moment, it's not the one I'm going back to. There's still enough there that, like, at, at this point in the album, I'm still, like, yeah, I'm fully engaged kind of thing. Feels, like, hypnotic, kind of weirdly, like, mathy in places. Like, Yeah. There's a lot of mathy bits in this whole album, but this is yeah, something... Yeah, I'm surprised, actually. Yeah, math is a... mathy rock is a cool thing to bring in. It's always a bit surprising, mm. even in, like, a math rock album. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> me, you just least, never probably. expect it. Yeah. <laughs> but, Ben, this is a really good point, actually, that you made, where it's, like... I feel like a lot of the, a couple of songs album and the song in particular on any other album would be completely amazing standout tracks, but because mm. Boscoid's album is so like weird and unique throughout, yeah, yeah. it kind of suffers from its own success in a way a little yeah. bit. Mm, yeah, no, it, I can see that. It's almost like um, because it is all. There is, there is no filler on this album, I don't think. Like, yeah, there's no fat. They couldn't have trimmed anything. Yeah, so the, the killer gets relegated to filler, even though it's still a killer. You know? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, interesting. What a fate. <laughs> but, speaking of killer tracks, mm. 
smiling man fresh. smiling fresh wow this yeah. this is the this is my second favorite track on the album they are just god i just love Buskira. they're so good they they can noodle they they can they can acoustic and they can they can fucking rock man like i i, just, I don't know if this is the right word for it showing my musical ignorance but it's like the pitch shift guitar sound where yeah. they kind of go really like high pitch it's very like gajira-esque mm. in, in yeah parts. yeah but this is the point where i was thinking like they've got this new tone and this new sound and now on track four i'm hearing new parts of it still it sounds wistful That's in funny. places i feel which is a really weird sound out on a yeah. metal album but <laughs> it works. I, I love that i love wistful metal yeah <laughs> And it was almost, it was kind of reminding me almost of Baroness at points in this. Like, yeah. yeah. It does get really sort of melodic and... Um... The moment you exit the cave and look up at the sky, you know, <laughs> like that's the <laughs> yeah. vibe. There is like a sense of, a sense of relief. And I think I wonder if metal or a lot of metal bands are going to move in this direction after the last year of like, do we really want to be still talking about <laughs> fucking murder and cannibalism? Like when we, you know, after, after such a shit year, like, yeah. Mm. I wonder if people are going to be sort of leaning in the direction of like positivity. I'm surprised there's not more of it. Like, I, that's why I said earlier, mm. Bosky would have like the rights to positive metal or something. Because, exactly. Like... Yeah, and that's the only thing I could think of was Baroness. Like, you know, yeah. it's like, imagine yeah. a show with these. Power metal's a thing, but you know. Oh. Okay, yeah, no, true. That yeah. is true. Okay, you've really took the wind out of my sails there, Josh. <laughs> it's not like metal always sounds like grim and miserable. No. It's just like, it's rare that they. Maybe it's us. <laughs> also, the thing is, Power Metal was like, it's quite sort of cheesy and like, you know, nothing wrong with that, but it's nice to. This feels like serious. It's and being fun. like individually empowering, I think, and not in like yeah. a um, like fantasy kind of way. Like, it's very real life. It's just... yeah. yeah, it feels quite grounded in a lot of ways, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Even though it's and very weird, sort of matter. This song in particular, you kind of you get the impression that it's drawing on something from like, real life in a way like it feels like it's, it's rooted in experience, experience kind of thing yeah. and the whole thing of like there's a man waiting for me kind of thing almost you kind of think of like is this about like death and family or something like that it roots it right down into something that feels really real and there's quite a lot of things that sound like you know things could be better if we talk them over from Hans yeah. and it's like you can hear that and be like I've I've thought that or I've said that to someone in the past before yeah and I think I said it in um, the Metal on the interview that I, I like the positivity that they're bringing because it isn't overdone and it doesn't feel sort of cliche and cheesy it does just feel very real life and it there are those moments those lyrics that stand out on so many of the tracks on this album and melted on the inch where you just hear like a turn of phrase and you just think yeah that's a really good point that's a really real life example that i can take away from this where you don't get that mm. with a lot of you don't get that with a lot of music to be honest no to actually get something that feels like a bit of wisdom that you mm. might actually take with you it's funny you say it though because i i felt almost like silly by taking away so much positivity from melted on the inch because i kind of felt mm. like <laughs> surely i can pull myself together without needing to listen to an album <laughs> <laughs> no not, not even that more, more just thinking like um is this really here or am i just reading too much into it yeah are they actually trying to spread this kind of like positive message or do they want me to be happy is it actually a really horrible metal song that i haven't quite realized yet <laughs> yeah they haven't understood it <laughs> if it is they've hit it very well from the perspective of the killer he's happy because he's killed 20 people <laughs> Ah, they got me again. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then we move on to Cecil Succulent. This um, was such a highlight for me. This is my top track. My God. Top track. No, me too. Yeah, I, I, the, um, I don't want to, so I don't think I'm gonna. Mm. It's like, talk about kind of, you know, good advice. Sometimes you just got to look at the situation and be like, yeah, I, I don't need to be a part of this thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a no for me, yeah. dog. <laughs> 
it starts out in a much lighter way as well, much a bit more yeah. noodly. And I was I kept waiting for the moment where I'd be like, all right, this is just getting this is going too proggy for yeah. Tom Davies now. It reminded me very heavily of Pay Crew from Mode mm. on the Inch, because um, yeah. that did a similar thing, and that was also my favorite track from that album, where it starts off with like the jazzy, bouncy kind of intro, <laughs> and then it just hits you like a fucking truck. <laughs> you know, his voice is, is oh. proper powerful. It sounds yeah. like till soil from a hundred yards. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's that's good. <laughs> I feel like this um, album, in a lot of ways, is pulled in lots of different directions. But it's like, um, I don't know if you guys have been to like one of those like personal trainer like boot camp things. It's like oh, yeah. where they push you so hard, you think you're gonna, you think you're about to like die, and then right <laughs> yeah. when you feel on the edge, of, like passing out or like throwing up, they're like stop. Like they know exactly how far to like push it before they can like get, before it starts like hurting them. Oh, and they they really pull it off. And this is what I mean about the tracks being so long and having so many good points in them is that there's the I don't want to. So I'm not gonna. I think that's my favorite section of the whole. But then album. there's also some really amazing just shouts of like, "Hey!" And the musical kind of dips at one point when he does that, doesn't it? Yeah, it's Got so a real good. punch to it. There's yeah. so much power to it. Mm. Reno's had to go from high concept to just like power and rock, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean that 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 was yeah. As I say, that was probably my favorite section in the whole album. And the thing is, like, I felt like I had the patience to listen up to that point as well, mm. which is a good fucking sign. It's almost like we talked about Frash is easy to listen to because it's fast, so you're always getting on with it. You know what yeah. I mean? And so Sometimes slower music just doesn't have that for me, but mm. I felt like this there was enough interesting stuff all the way through. I think if you're going to listen to one song from this album, listen to Cecil Succulent. Oh, like, yeah. it sums it up really well. well I think yeah, we, we've just spoiled our favourite tracks ahead of the next two, but no, I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, I thought a bit heavier following it was the song Grendel. Mm. I thought mm. the intro was really cool with the, like, heavy toms and the, the kind of yeah. guitars. It almost gave me a bit of a grungy rock vibe with the, like, sort of low-tone guitar in the intro. Sounds like Trust Company or something, doesn't it? Like, kind of mm. like, a, like a teenage garage band from, like, yeah. California. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. I know what you mean. It, it had quite a sort of a different vibe, but, like, subtly different. Mm. It still felt like very much part of the same album. It just, it, it's cool that the music feels like it has the freedom to kind of move around a little bit. Yeah, it's like a new new menu at your favourite restaurant, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although sometimes that sucks, because get rid of the stuff that you like yeah but this is different because you can still listen to the old album <laughs> that's where the metaphor ends <laughs> <laughs> the metaphor ends as soon as you give it any thought <laughs> as they often do um so grendel overall um i gotta say this this is i liked it but i think this one's gonna be a bit of a grower because mm. it's not one that's stuck in my head i think just following Cecil succulent you know it's like how do you how do you top the best song that i've heard in like a year <laughs> well that's the thing is like i felt like if, it, if it's all leading up to Cecil Succulent, to kind of to try and keep going forward from Cecil Succulent, probably something this band could pull off. But I think I like I like the fact that they drop it down. But it, it did result in me for kind of finding it like probably the least memorable. Yeah, that's a tricky thing, isn't it? Like to consider where they, I guess, how they order the tracks, because <laughs> like if they know they've yeah, got yeah. this zenith moment of like perfection, and then. What do you put after that? <laughs> I know, and it's like something that we, we, we don't cover that much, but actually, like, track order is really important if you're listening to albums in this way. Yeah. And then the album closes with Flat Controller. Yeah, that was cool. I actually, I mean, it was, um, there were there were points a bit where I was kind of like, felt like slightly starty stoppy in its, like, style. Mm. But I think by about halfway through it, you start getting that, like, repeating riff that then turns into, like, the acoustic riff. Mm. And it's sort of, I like the way that it fades out at the end as well. Oh, yeah, into the acoustic like, guitar, right? Mm, yeah. Rather than just having a hard, like, stop 
stopping point. Yeah, yeah it's definitely like, like a, a nice outro song. It's, it's like it feels like it's written to be an outro like that. Because like a lot of bands used to do in the past, where they'd fade a song out to nothing. Mm. I do question why sometimes. As I think like uh, Freebird, but then Skinner does that, isn't it? Just gradually gets quieter and quieter, and then I feel like a lot of like seventies music just kind of they didn't know how to end yeah. songs. Yeah. They didn't work that out <laughs> until like the nineties. So they then just discovered sort of... how to end a song until nineteen ninety five. Slowly <laughs> turn the volume down and be like somewhere all the songs are playing still. Hopefully they won't notice that we've left. <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder if it's always become like a stylistic quirk rather than just like a technical mm. choice. Yeah. It's interesting what you say though, Tom, about the the song being a bit less like intense. I thought this was one of the most intense songs, and it sounded really threatening and kind of unc- uncanny to me. Mm. Mm. More metallic. Yeah. It's got more yeah. metal mixed in. The um, alloy rather than sixty comes round, and he kind of drops his vocals down yeah. during that, and it's quite like a harsh mm. sound in a way. I liked the acoustic outro a lot, and I, I God, I, I can't even like offer any criticism to and then he like as a total musical amateur but um i'd like to see like a bit of maybe acoustics sort of more mixed in see it's true i almost could have gone for like an acoustic like end song kind of thing i'd like to see what they would do with that i mean yeah definitely of, and it's like it's not like you know i mean they're doing what they do and they do it really oh, well yeah. i just feel like I, I trust them so much with the music yeah. that i'm like if they were like oh we think we might put an acoustic track on the next album be like yeah g- yeah please yeah <laughs> yeah that's it you're kind of like oh, yeah i believe that they could pull it off put like a different spin on yeah. it but anyway they didn't do that <laughs> they didn't do that but next time <laughs> so i think we've given it away but yeah what are our favorite tracks all uh, together well, now. Yeah. <laughs> on a, on three. One. Two. Just try and do it. Okay. Wait, I'll do the last. I'll do the one. Silent. Three. Two. Cecil. Cecil succulent. succulent. We all said that at different speeds. Yeah. <laughs> Close enough. We all agree. God, that sounded terrible. It did. Yeah. Sound <laughs> we could yeah. never be in a band. Yeah. Well, I also really like Spy- Smiling Fresh as well. To be fair. Yeah, but Cecil Succulent for me was easily yeah. the the strongest. I think as a whole, yeah, this album's really cool, interesting. Oh, yeah, there's so many good tracks. Like, I'm yeah. just so glad to be able to have more Bosqueloid on my phone now. I can just listen to more. Yeah, for sure. More for of sure. them. Yeah, but, um, I'm very happy. What I want to ask you, Ben, is what did you think of the album that follows essentially your, one of your favorite albums? Yeah. It's a tough, uh, tough act. Yeah, I mean, I just think they've done it. Like, I, I can't, mm. I can't really fault no, it. I really yeah. think they've, they've followed it up and they've done the exactly perfect and difficult thing, which is to introduce enough change but not go overboard so it's still the band that i love it's still the band that i know but yeah it's not just more of the same album it is something different mm. and interesting I, I i honestly like right now um maybe again ask me again in six months but right now i can't yeah. fault it and it's been on repeat non-stop So that was Boskeloid with their newest album, Family of the Smiling Thrush. Not Family of the Smiling Thrush. I don't know, man. Family of the Smiling Thrush. <laughs> is there some logic there that I'm just not understanding? <laughs> this is what I'm worried about. Yeah. Well, that was a, that was a really good, uh, real good album and a real pleasure to be able to listen to it yeah, ahead of time. So, yeah. I'm really hoping we can do more of these sorts of episodes with all sorts yeah. of different bands. And I, I'd be really happy to do that. with Ripple Music again and a bunch of, yeah, yeah. Sky's the limit. And they're actually uh, touring later this year, aren't they? Oh, yeah. They are indeed. I think they're playing in Bristol, but, uh, which was where I was planning to see them, but they might have actually sold out, so it's a bit awkward. But We sure. may have to travel. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that'd be fun, to be fair. We could just go see them in... I want to see them. ...from Wigan, yeah. <laughs> I want to see them again. I've seen them. Yeah, seen definitely. Them before. I want to see them again. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so that was the first of our new release episode. We, we're yet to come we, up with a title for this. Yeah. But yeah. we will soon. I'll be very good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested to see what people think about us covering uh, one album in a sort of shorter format. Yeah, yeah. In a bit more depth, though, I thought. All right. Well, hey, that was good fun. And hopefully we can do more of this stuff in the future. And where can people listen to us, Ben? Um, <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. 
They can find us on Spotify, <laughs> iTunes, YouTube. And um, and where should they follow us on social media, Josh? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Ooh. Very good. All right, well, I will see you guys. Yeah. Consecutively, I'll see you guys in uh, episode 14, but we've already recorded that, so I'll see you in episode 15. The timeline is becoming muddled. In four days. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for listening. Right. See you Cheers, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 So that was smiling the family thrush. Wait, is that what it's called? <laughs> I hate this. the name is confusing. <laughs> <laughs>